Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 178 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Colin Phoenix Defire Ford, head of archives at Lave Station. And with us tonight, we have our chief bar steward, Grant Cyclecar Wilcott. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Lave Radio! Woo! Uh, obviously on the caffeine quite a lot at the moment. Uh, we also have Commander Aid Levice, Head of Health and Safety, Ben Musswoodwood. Yes, what is it? Okay, he's not on the caffeine tonight. We have our Director of Pest Control, Dr. Toxie, Ashley Devane. Good evening, good evening, good evening. And also joining us from his human experimental ship, we have the Director of Inhuman Resources, Commander Shan. Hello. <laughs> so, if you wish, you can join us live. Uh, we are on Twitch at the moment, broadcasting. We are also in open around uh, one of the major discoveries that came around this week, um, which uh, is the Jameson Cobra Mark III crash site. Um, of course, it's already been pointed out, is, is this really respectful, considering we're all just hanging around this place taking selfies? If you can't get in the game, we're also on the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live, and also we're live on Twitch TV slash laveradio. So, we'll just go around the round the, the team tonight and see how they've all done. We'll start with Dr. Toxic, what you've been up to for the last week. Ooh, all sorts. Mostly I've been doing the Upsilon Aquarius runs, passenger missions. So far I've clocked up 400 million odd credits in my on and off playing as of recent. Not really been doing a lot in the personal life. Nothing I'd like to share anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Commander Shan, how have you been this week? I've been doing pretty well apart from freezing and reminding myself it's nearly Christmas, which means the winter's halfway through. No, not the C word. And in, in game, I've been doing a bit of exploring, a uh, bit of money making, and uh, some science experiments on NPCs. There is a surprise. And have you made any new discoveries on, on your Dr. Mengler type experiments? I've been running the data through, and I'm not sure if I mentioned this last week, but it seems as though your NPC's performance um, is influenced by what accent they have. Ah, yes, she did. Yes, apparently, was mentioned last week. Apparently, you want a British pilot or co-pilot. Is that correct? Correct, yes. So far. Yes. So far. Okay. Uh, Grant, Psycho Carl Walcott, with great hesitation <laughs> and bathroom and bathroom worries... No, what have you been up to for let's, the last not, week? let's not mention bathrooms because the fittings were meant to arrive on uh, Tuesday last week, Wednesday <laughs> last week, Thursday last week, and we've been assured that they're coming out on Friday this week. Um, incidentally, if it's not disrespectful to get a selfie taken next to what is essentially the last resting place of someone who's dead, um, then certainly driving your SRV up his craft and using it as a ramp is. So whoever that was, <laughs> you're going to a special place in hell. Um... 
Yeah, it's been a, a busy week. We've been working um, heavily on website design in the last week for our Gorgeous Art site, trying to resolve the issues with WordPress being a little bit... What's the word? Crap. WordPressy. Crappy, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's great for your first-time sites and stuff and to help you get your pages and content and all that kind of stuff. And my brother has been working hard on recoding it, hard-coding it, so that we can get a gallery that runs using EXIF and a search that runs using EXIF. And we've mm-hmm. got really far down to the point where it's doing exactly what we want, which is amazing. And then he kind of looks at what he's done and then realises he's just recreated his own version of WordPress. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, I shouldn't laugh. I just, shouldn't yeah. laugh. But go on, Ben. What have you been up to this week? I've actually, I've had a really good week in Elite. Actually, I've I've finally made it to the ranking of Elite in trade. Cool. So I I got my little sparkly bits there, and I got another invitation to the Founders World. So that was nice. And then, cause you and I were meant to be going bug hunting over the weekend. I've been trying to get my reputation up with the Federals because I had this idea that I might try taking a Federal gunship out. Oh, right, yes. Um, And I was a chief petty officer or a petty officer or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I've managed to get myself repped up to a warrant officer. But it's been interesting, actually, because it's been so long since I've ranked up and done any of the ranking stuff for the Imperials or the Federals and things. And getting the actual rank was relatively easy. Finding the bloody mission to let me actually get my rank was a nightmare. I think I spent spent longer trying to find somebody who'd actually make me a warrant officer than it took me to rep rep up and become, get get the, get the um, accreditation for it. Yeah, that does seem to be a problem. I had the same problem ranking up with the Imperials mm. um, and we have to be very careful I hope Grant has muted his microphone because we know that he's going to be sniggering like a little schoolboy <laughs> at that, isn't he? Yeah. But uh, and so, yeah, so I was doing that and then on Saturday I think it was was it Saturday or Sunday that Sun- go on. you, myself and Shan all met up at Jameson's Sunday morning um, yeah, Sunday morning at Jameson's um, Cobra, and yeah, we had we had good times, and we were far more respectful than driving over and using his ship as a, as a ramp. Uh, and on Saturday night, Commander Wotherspoon jumped in my ship to visit, pay pay his respects as well. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, this this couldn't be because. Uh, because Commander Jameson does sound like he's a good old southerner boy, that they're doing impressions of the Dukes of Hazard off the top of his ship. You know, it could well be. It could oh, well I thought be. he had. I thought he was wasn't. channeling. So I thought he was channeling uh, Matthew McCornacy from Interstellar. Yeah, I'm not going to even attempt the accent because it will probably come out something weird. Uh, so yeah, let's have a. Th- think um well today this week that i have been obviously joining ben in in paying respects to or discovering the commander jameson site uh and the thanks to commander shan here he taught me how to use the um research limpets properly and we managed to get a couple of research limpets uh biopsy samples in in for the cg however after that point I think I started to hit the bug threshold, which was a bit of a uh, bit of a problem. Oh, yes, I'm, doing more, I'm doing more science on the CG. There's the note from Ed 
Mm-hmm. And all the people who signed up for it would get tier one rewards. So yes. I signed up for it without doing anything on it. So I'll see if I get free money. Well, this is the thing is that as far as I, I was concerned, um, the CG just disappeared. I wasn't able to claim anything. It just it vanished. So uh, I don't know whether or not I got the money or not. But it, yeah, but we'll touch on this uh, at a later point. Outside of the game, the work on the um, new Elite Dangerous um, RPG matcher and wing matcher is proceeding. Um, hopefully, by the end of next week, I'll be able to put it into an alpha for um, everybody here in the crew to start ripping apart and laughing at my code for once. This is your Elite Dating site, yes? Uh, no. If you look up Elite Dating, uh, Ben, I think you'll find something else. Just like if you look up Elite Encounters, you've got to be very, very careful, as I pointed out to uh, a certain um, Dave Hughes on several occasions. But, uh, yeah, hopefully that will be going to Alpha, and, uh, yeah, it will be... uh, uh, I'm aiming for before Christmas, before people can start getting hold of it. So, that's... That's me. So... Shall we move on to the development news, everybody? We yeah, can do. I think so, before Toxic loses a ship by accident. <laughs> by, oh, by accident. I can hear the quotation marks from here. <laughs> so, We're kind um, of messing around in space above Jameson's ship. <laughs> well, at the moment, we uh, Frontier have announced their 24-hour charity live stream. Now, this will happen on December the 11th this year, midday GMT, and we'll start and try and raise money for special effect. Now, there there are a whole load of prizes and giveaways that are happening during this. Um, Does anybody want to go over it? Well, you can win a uh, gaming rig for two grand, which is a pretty damn sweet gaming rig. My my brother told me that they had a, a 4K projector in there, but he was just wishful. (laughs) <laughs> oh, was it that? Just wishful, just like oh, a certain anaconda, which we'll, we'll talk about later as well. He just oh, there's, wants there's, it. He wants one. And, and I think, you know, the, the, the uh, blind auction is usually littered with some amazing prizes that you will have to pay a fortune to have a chance at winning. Mm. And if yeah, I remember, didn't they include things like lunch with David Braben and stuff like that last time? They did if I remember rightly. Uh, last year, it raised over 46,000. I think they were only aiming for 10. So they were quite bowled away by the generosity of the, the Elite Dangerous community. This year, have they set, they've set it for about 25,000, haven't they? I think so, yeah. 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 Well. So, you know, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see whether we beat a record from, from last year. So... I mean, we've got the high-end gaming PC, an Xbox One X console, PlayStation 4 Pro, annual pass to a theme park of choice, three fifteen Frontier merch design credits, uh, three Planet Coaster and all DLCs, two Elite Dangerous Commander Deluxe on PC, two Elite Dangerous uh, on PlayStation 4, two Elite Dangerous on Xbox One. What's an Elastigirl Steam Deck? Stream deck. Stream deck. No? Nope. I, I don't Isn't know. Isn't that like a, from. like a hardware oh, keyboard for Twitch or something El, like that? It's El Gato, not Elastigirl. What? Sure Elast- it's El Gato. 
Fair enough, then. It's Elgato, uh, it's, then. It's not Elastigirl. That's probably something very, very different. Well, I shouldn't really be watching The Incredibles on another screen right at this moment in time. Probably right. <laughs> Probably not. So, uh, one HyperX package. Okay, I've got no idea what the HyperX is, but um, it, it looks... It looks like they've got something to do with furry mouse mats. Mm. Uh, they're like Fury a- mouse mats, Ben. Fury. <laughs> HyperX are like a gaming um, peripherals manufacturer like uh, Razer. And oh, right. like that. Uh, so two signed spooky coaster posters uh, and uh, one signed Elite Galaxy map. Oh, and one Frontier goodie bag. I wonder if that's the goodie bag that was left over from the expo. Quite possibly. <laughs> yeah. Now, there is this blind auction, which um, uh, Grant touched on, which I think, do you just put a pound in and that's it? You're already in for the blind auction or do you have to put in for that separately? It's usually done via um, emails, so you email right. in your bid, and it is the highest bid that wins. And then just before the live stream is when they announce who's won, or how, you know, basically you'll know then. Uh, but every uh, the last time, certainly they did sort of have that everyone every pound bid on on the blind auction. So if you won, that would be like donating it into the church. So you get your tickets as well. You get your put into the raffle as well for it. So Oh right, I see. I see. So you can <coughs> buy sort of like a hundred tickets and things like that. And so if you bid you behold, know uh, you're bidding for sixty four thousand pounds, say for dinner with uh, David Braben, uh one, you're a loony and two <laughs> <laughs> Two, you would have 64,000 tickets in the raffle. But I'm not certain if they're doing that this year, but I imagine they will be. Ah, so effectively you won't be putting in that much this year then, Cal. £2.50. I've been it's saving up all 50. year. There's also an advent calendar, isn't there, where for every £1,000 they raise, they'll open a door on the advent calendar which will reveal special tasks that the streaming team will have to do. So it's kind Ooh. of like a, not like a treat. So, but so obviously, because there's a thousand a thousand pounds worth, we're not going to know when that is. So I think it's a way of encouraging people to hang around. Uh, so basically, get to a thousand pounds. We have Adam Woods doing an impersonation of Mr. Blobby or something. You know, on live right, on stream. That's right. Or Zach eating fish sauce like last year. Fish. Oh, I must have missed that. When the when was it? They ate the chilies. I think it was. They had a, a taste test, didn't they, of the chilies? Yeah, chili biscuits. Uh, <laughs> well, um, also that have been revealed this week. Uh, we've had Mark Allen on the stream on the Discovery Scanner Two, where he was showing off the Thargoid Swarm. Now. I only caught the tail end of this, literally, <laughs> but um, it looked very, very impressive. I mean, Ben, you were there all the way through it. What did you think? Oh, my God, maths. <laughs> it's, it's the short version of what I, I thought of it. Um, yeah, Mark basically proved to us how smart a bunch of guys the Frontier devs can be. Um, as if that really needed it after, you know, after knowing them. But yeah, he's just—I was so impressed with what they're doing and the the way that he's doing it, the way that 
they're using some clever algorithms to mean that the Thargoid Swarm, even though the Basilisk uses, has 64 Thargons flying around and attacking you, it's using less bandwidth than one fighter, or than just one one normal ship. Oh, that that's amazing! That is. How are they managing that? I didn't quite catch this. I didn't catch it yet. So how are they managing that, or is that spoiler? Clever math and predictive stuff and things. Mm, I must admit. I, th- I think it was one of these uh, these talks where I was very impressed. Unfortunately, I don't have the maths to follow what he was up to. And it just, yet again, this is another one of these streams which just makes me feel like I'm a thick person. I love, though, the sh- how they showed how the Thargons all spiral into position and things like that. Mm, yes. And I thought that, that was really nice to see. What, what impressed me was how... It's only network traffic for one Thargon, mm. and the rest of it is all procedurally generated according to their springs and stuff. I mean, that was really clever. Yeah, so so effectively, when you have a Thargon swarm coming at you in multiplayer, there's only one Thargon that's been passed across the network, uh, and the rest of it is then calculated by uh, procedural generation, but it will appear in exactly the same place on everybody's client. I thought that was phenomenal. So does that mean, if you were to take out the one Thargon that is shared by the instance, you take all of them out? No. no. As a per luck chance type thing. He actually covered that, I think. I mean, he just said it, it switches over to another Thargon, which is still there. And it just carries on. Which, yeah. <laughs> you know... That's, that is pretty good going. Ben, you're about to hit the ground. Please let him hit the ground. <laughs> he has just hit the ground quite hard. <laughs> My fighter just got launched into the into the canyon that we're in. Oh, dear. There's ben must would, but he's fat, ben he's round, he bounces fighter. off the ground. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it does bounce well. <laughs> He does. <sighs> yes. So I mean, there's a. I mean, apart from the fact that you know it's an it's an incredible piece of work, and the fact that it also started in his own as a side project in his own time, and that it just seemed to be quite phenomenal, really. Did who wanted a Thargon screensaver? That would be cool. You, you just, I would just lose all life to my Thargon screensaver. Yeah, I mean, that would be awesome. On the screen, did you want him to crank the number of Thargons up to something like a million just to see what would happen? Yes, I did, but I got the feeling that they were very definitely not going to do that. Where are you flying off to, Shan? Are you worried? No, I was following, I was following you and then you just hyperspaced out. Um, but yeah, I was. I think they were definitely not wanting to show us what they can do, which makes me worried for the future. Yeah, well, you mean sort of, we've got 64 at the moment, but you're scared of a lot more. Oh, I, I'm waiting for us to get 1024 or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I guess I mean, they could actually have multiple swarms, couldn't they? Because if it's only transferring one thug onto a network traffic, yeah, easily you could have multiple swarms. Well, they do have multiple swarms. Each swarm is launched by two. You end up with two Thargoids in, in the instance, and you get two swarms. True. Which I haven't seen yet, but I, I do believe that will be uh, brown flight suit time. It's already brown flight suit time, but yeah. So moving away from the, uh, the, the, the development news, the actual in-game events have been quite exciting this week, to be honest. Um, I mean, obviously, you guys are hanging around uh, Commander Jameson's Cobra Mark III at the moment, but there's been two extra Inra bases discovered. Yep, one of them's actually in this system as well. It's just, it's just, it's just next door, as it were. Yeah, both uh, of them are pretty interesting, actually. Um, yep. One of them is about specimen testing, and the one that was found most recently. Um, goes and gives you a bit more background behind uh, Commander Jameson's mission. Yeah. I mean, we should point out at this point that the Commander Jameson in this crashed ship is John Jameson, not the original Commander Jameson in the Elite 84, because that was Peter Jameson. Um, John Jameson uh, is... I think you're starting character in Elite First Encounters, isn't it? He was, yes. He was the First yep. Encounters version. Yeah, but, um, but this is... Stephen Usher pointed out, uh, well, something very true, though, that, well, if if he's flying, supposedly, in his grandfather's Cobra, then it should be a Callum McGrath Cobra. Not a uh, Fog and Lacey Cobra. Well, if you look at it, it has got a different hardpoint layout, hasn't it? Than... It does have different hardpoints, but it also has the Fog and Lacey <sighs> logos on it. But as Alan pointed out, at least according to the original quest text from Frontier First Encounters, he was in the Argent's quest for his that for that mission. Not a Cobra. Well, this is them rewriting the um, the this canon, is, yes. isn't it? So that is true. I mean, everything that's in Frontier First Encounters really should be disbanded, uh, yeah. or it's been redacted, really, hasn't it? It's it's just been okay. That's what could have happened, but this is what has really happened. If you see what I mean. I think what they wanted to give was people was a sort of an idea they knew what happened, but um, they've changed it since. Well, obviously, because they don't have a human commander flying around in a Thargoid mothership, but, you know. <laughs> Zorwolf on the Twitch stream is asking, isn't that a Cobra Mark One, not a Mark III? No, it, that is a Cobra Mark III. Um, in the uh, Frontier First Encounters, the there was only one hard point out the front of the Cobra. There wasn't any others. It just seems to me that, you know, they keep the design the same, the, the outer hull the same, and then upgrade the internals. But then again, that's only speculation. I mean, the, um, the two inner bases, the first one was found by Commander Dutch Forrester from Cannon, 
and the the tenth one was command found by Commander was it Phobia? And again, it's Commander Robbie Junior who found uh, Commander Jameson's Cobra Mark III. Shan, you are about to knock my shields out. Quit it. I have. <laughs> So for those of you who do not know where um, where this is, it's in the system HIP one two zero nine nine planet one B minus fifty four point three minus fifty point three. So we'll put this information in the show notes so that you can all have a, have a look. Now, obviously, there was a whole load of audio logs that were uh, uh, that came with this, and it's that seems to have had a real emotional effect on, on a lot of people. They are quite saddening. Uh, they do hit the emotions pretty hard. Yeah, it, it does seem that um, you've got to give them a, a, a thumbs up for the voice acting on this one because uh, the amount of people that on Reddit have come away saying, oh, I actually had tears in my eyes and things like that it, it was quite um, yeah it was quite moving anyone else yeah, yeah. I, I, I had a single tear in my eye as well I'll, I'll admit ah oh, you big softy I didn't you just sounded like Shan there a single tear So, yes, you, you can scan, you can turn up, scan the ship, and then that will obviously log your ship, uh, the, the ship in your um, navigation computer, so that when you're close to a thousand light years, uh, was it light seconds, you'll be able to, you'll be able to uh, pick it up and go straight to it. And, uh, yeah, you can then scan around uh, for the audio logs. They're all nice and close to the ship. So, it was... Sorry, I was just talking about the uh, the Jameson logs. Yeah, it was pretty sad. Um, to be honest, it was it was felt a bit weird because I've kind of played Elite since 1984 through all the iterations. It kind of felt as though Frontier was rewriting my Commander's story for me. <laughs> Actually, I know what you mean because I had the same issue with. Um Knights of the Old Republic and, and Sotor. Because in, in Knights of the Old Republic, you play as, spoiler alert, it turns out that you, you play as Darth Revan. Only in the later game, Tor, Darth Revan turns up as a um, an NPC and acts so out of character, you, you end up being a little bit... Uh, kind of spoils the first game. But, yeah... I mean, did anyone else have a problem with the fact that he sounded like a, uh, a Southern American? No. No. I, I, was, well, I was impressed I with the acting, if I was honest. The, the voice acting was great acting, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not having a go at the voice acting at all. Like I said, it was a lot of people found that very, very moving. Um, it's just, I think, some people might have been taken aback by the American accent, that's all. No, there's commanders from all over the globe. Why should America be any different? Not, not only that, but isn't uh, John Jameson basically a, a, from a federal world? He's from Ross 1 to 8, aren't they? Or is it Ross? Some, it's one of the Rosses, isn't it, when they, where you start off in Frontier First Encounters? 
I well, think that you, should, you should know it this. Was, it was, yeah. It, it, I think it was Ross 128, I think he started off with. And if it's Federation, then in, in game at the moment, Federation... They are kind of American. Have, yeah, they are, yeah. Yeah. Well, moving on from that... Um, okay, so we're not going to play these streams, are we? Or are we going to keep it spoiler-free for folk? I, you know what? I think we should keep it spoiler-free for folk. Oh. What, do you, what does everybody else think? I would play it, uh, seeing as most of most people are here. But that's just me. I I, I think it's spoiler because it it deserves to be heard in the um, situation in the with the crash cobra and the thing like that. It's it's kind of one of those moments I think where I've seen the crash ships and all true, of them makes it much more atmospheric. It's just as true as that is, I've listened to it now, and nine times out of ten, if I've listened to it, it's already on YouTube. <laughs> okay, then what we'll do is we will put up a spoiler warning. Uh, so, folks, if you do not want to to, to uh, hear this, uh, just skip over the podcast by oh, three or four minutes. I think it's about five minutes long, I think. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well. So, can you, uh, Grant, could you be so kind? Smart they are, how how advanced. 
spoiler warning is now over and done with. So, um, obviously, anybody got any reactions to that one? I love you too, Dad! Yeah, as someone's um, pointed out on, on the, the chat already, uh, <laughs> it makes every forum dad cry, doesn't it? <laughs> I thought it was a typical Lee ending because I, I read quite a lot of fiction and in most of them it ends up with the hero or heroine being killed in some shape or form. That's so, the most good stories, isn't it? Oh, not really. You, just, you know, you just think, well, he was Commander Jameson. You know, if you if you read about him, he was like one of the elite, best of the best pilots, and he uh, leaves his brain at the door. Hmm. So, moving on from from those emotional moments. Uh, Obviously, Newsletter 202 has been released. So, has anybody um, been over the newsletter? I read it. Very quickly? <laughs> it didn't take very long, no. Um, no. And yeah, we've got stuff about the new military stack, which, are we coming to that in a bit? Or are we just... Oh, yeah, we'll come to that. Yeah. Uh, I talk about the, the Discovery Scanner. Yeah. I guess the question about the newsletter is who is it actually aimed for? Is it aimed at the hardcore elite player who probably already knows what's gone on? Or is it named, or is it aimed at the uh, player who logged in rather infrequently with the view to attract them back or something? Or basically the press. Well, I don't think it's actually. I mean, it's it's become more of a community events directory than anything else, with a wee summary of the community goals. So, I mean, I think, to be honest, it's kind of more of a marketing tool at the moment than it is anything else. Um, it's very flat on meat, and therefore, it's just a bit. Now we've been here. Now we've been here before, because way back at the beginning when the newsletters came out. There was like huge mm -hmm. positivity, lots of information, and then it went very thin and kind of ugh, not really exciting. And then the Galnet kicked in properly, and we had some Galnet news and stuff in there. That was really exciting and, and interesting and new. I don't think the newsletter is the biggest issue. I think it's us. We've become more demanding than the, the there's nothing going on in the game really of that, that kind of big significant newsletter where they slap it out there um so it does tend to be very much look at our new skin this is on sale in the shop oh um here's the community goal news and here's some stories about local community groups and what's going on there and oh, some events coming up Next week, uh, this the same until we have something big. So no doubt we will get a lot on the Jamieson wreck and stuff like that coming up in, in the next newsletters and more details in the next bits kicking off. But yeah, it, flat is, is the word, I think. Mm, it, it does seem to be quite a bit of a... It seems to be a catch-up for people who haven't really been in the game for the last week or so I don't know if it even I can agree with yeah does it really does it achieve that but then there's also they radio they radio does that so 
fair. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, we do it with more style. Uh, it has been, I mean, it has been reported that actually Thargoids are now interdicting within 60 light years of Sol. I mean, this does seem to be a rumour. Has it been confirmed? It's not been confirmed as far as I'm aware. Uh, I was actually, just before the show, I was talking to the guys on Canon about that. And there are, I guess the best you could say is unconfirmed reports from things within 60 lights of Sol. But the people who are saying it, they've not bothered taking any screenshots. There's no evidence of it whatsoever. Oh, uh, right. It's just, it's just hearsay. And Canon also asked if I could actually give a wee shout-out, I guess. They've got a, a USS uh, plug-in for Elite Dangerous Market Connector that allows them to do science on this kind of thing. So it basically, it's, you plug it into EDMC, and if you get hyperdicted or if you visit a Thargoid-related USS, mm-hmm. it'll go off and log it onto Canon's servers, and it lets them make lovely fancy maps, which Grant may or may not show to the stream. I have no idea. But it's a, it's a shiny, shiny map that shows you there are basically three bubbles of of Thargoid activity at the moment. Right, so the, the, the Thargoids do seem to be more, well, more, they don't seem to be making a, a beeline for Earth then. Not yet. Not yet. I hope they do. I really do hope they do. Um, but they still seem to be keeping to their own necks of the woods. Okay. Um, what we'll do then is we'll just jump to a quick ad break and then we'll be back with our main discussion topic. Oh, boy, space is cold in here. That commander has a cheek sitting up in his cosy and warm cockpit while we haul radioactives around his cargo bay. Oh, is it cold? I hadn't noticed. Oh, that's right. Why, you're not even shivering. Maybe it's because I picked up this North Coast cargo bay sweater. It keeps me warm and stylish. Say, that is a nice jumper. It's made from the finest Verex wool and handcrafted by novitiates in the underground monasteries of Van Manen's Star. Wow. Where can I get one? New North Coast Cargo Bay sweaters. Be the envy of your friends. Wow, every lady from here to the Empire. Be warm and toasty, even on the tenth planet of a dying star. Now on sale at Spark and Mensa. Better now? Better? Why, I feel so warm I'll probably never catch man flu again. Spark and Mensa. Because nothing says sexy like a neck-high jump. Attention. Is that what's happened to Chris? Medical officer to the... I miss it when we used to kill him. Yeah, I should think that is what happened to him. I haven't seen him in ages. Oh, dear. Fried. Well, we'll just have to... Anybody want some fried Forrester? I'm, I'm quite sure there'll be there'll be bits left of, in... Oh, yes, Bay. I thought he was going to be reanimated at Ravecom. Oh, dear. That's, that's a horrible thought. I don't know how we'll bring him back from that. But what we'll do is we will have a quick discussion about one of the major topics which is is going around both the forums and uh, Reddit at the moment. And that is, well, Thargoid Wearany? Is that what you've put here? Wearany? Should be weariness or something. Oh, or yeah, weariness? Weariness, is weariness? The, would be the, the kind of standard, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the hell that word is. 
Yeah, so I've got enough trouble pronouncing proper English words <laughs> without you actually right. putting made-up English words in there in the first place. <laughs> That'll be my fault. I didn't get a chance to go and um, OCD the notes before the show. It's, it's, either, it's either weariness, which means tired and fatigue, or wariness, which means fear. Um, so I think it's both tired and fatigue, isn't it? Well, well, I think it's a bit I'll of both, correct, I'll correct it for you so we can move on. <laughs> <laughs> well, with the CG, uh, well, events have overtaken us since we started to look at this. One of the uh, Aegis CGs has been completed for us, mostly due to bugs. But there was a whole load of um, issues with it, most of which has been down to the number of players who are now taking part. So... I mean, what did, what did you guys think to this this CG issue? It was difficult to tell because some people did the math and worked out by the rate at which the progress bar wasn't moving was that the actual tier one threshold was set to around 40,000 tons of avoid material. And so the the theory was was that when the CG was set up, it was set up using the normal uh, trade template, which forty thousand tons for a trade CG is pretty nothing really. That's only sort of fifty trips with a with a cutter. Yeah. Um, but however, the activity that you needed to get the material was more combat related. So there's a theory that the actual um, threshold was set far too high for the task involved yeah um, that does sound quite plausible I mean it is essentially a trade CG at the end of the day but with yeah the the, the main thing I think people well, the, the main reason that they, they uh, stopped the CG was, was down to um bugs with the limpets I mean I suffered from this actually uh, I think I only managed to get two successful um, samples and all the others were, were basically well one I lost a cobra doing it and the other one um, the other three uh, the, the limpets didn't pull back any samples even though it came all the way back I think I worked it out is that when they stopped it it was out by a factor of ten so in other words, it, it was short. I think it was nearly 4,000 units that was done, and 40,000 mm -hmm. were needed. So my kind of theory is is that if every limpet had worked, then maybe the CG would have got closer to being completed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, like I said, I mean, you and, my, and myself, we, we all had a go at the, at, at the limpets, uh, uh, probing the Thargoids, if you like. And to tell you the truth, the actual game mechanics, I thought, when they worked, was quite fun. Um, oh, they are. I, I, but I think we need to wait for the, uh, for the next CG or to see if it was really was the uh, threshold or if they fixed the um, Olympics. But uh, I think the, the issue was, is can you imagine the amount of salt and grief on the forum if we didn't get the next set of AX goodies because of a bug. 
or because they or because the CG had failed because of something outside of the game. Well, yeah, I mean, but a, a lot of detractors or a lot of people are now complaining on the forums that, oh, look, you've you're not able to complete a CG, and and that means that you're given things anyway. I kind of hope that isn't the case. I mean, the one that springs to mind was the uh, Palin one, which only hit a very low level. So we ended up with a class you know, two cargo bay rather than a larger one. Mm. Haven't we seen similar, though, in some of the existing CGs for the items we've got, that their distribution wasn't as widespread as people might like because we only reached tier one or tier two? I mean, I'm not quite sure how that was broken down. Um, I take it that uh, is, as was that actually confirmed? It's never been confirmed, but it's been hypothesised. Ah. Um, but the other thing that I've heard though was that Shan's shooting me again. I'm not even I'm not. in my bloody ship, Shan. I'm not. I'm not. I'm innocent. Mm. I don't think I'm um, in the same instance. The other thing that I've heard is that Frontier were deliberately setting us up to fail. Mm, yes, I, I heard that. And and I quite I, like that idea. No, I don't agree with that because it's a really cynical move to have people wasting all this time mm. to do something that was actually always meant to fail. I think that's a kind of almost like a, a, an abusive oh. position. I, I, yeah. There is a bit of a... I don't really want to say it because radio, but it is a bit of a bastard move if that is what they're doing. I don't no, think they... Well, now, we, know that, we know that they're not because basically they cancelled the CG and, and, and made it pass. Yeah. But, so, I mean, you know. So one of the other things actually I did over the weekend was I did my first uh, EDRPG uh, GMing session, which was... That was quite a bit of fun. But the guys... I had this whole storyline planned out and one of the guys said, you know what, I'm going to try charming these these guys. And I had it all set up that these, you know, they were just going to be complete gips and they were going to shoot them down and, and knock the whole ship out and everything like that. Um, and he wound up rolling um, almost, it was like almost a perfect roll. And I was just like, I can't let him fail that. Um, just the way that it, you know, I can't let him fail that. So I was like, okay, you, you get it. And it's actually by going off the track that I was expecting it to go down has actually wound up on a much more interesting track, hopefully for the guys. It, um, it, yeah. Now, what I was thinking was that's comparatively few people with a CG game wide. That's potentially thousands of people. So, oh yes, yeah, so it would be horrible. It reminds me of the old story of um, uh, I'm going to push the this orc off the off the off the wall. Okay, roll your dice. I get a one. Oh, you stroke lovingly the orc's back. The orc feels uncomfortable. The orc falls off the wall. <laughs> so I, I think there were a number of issues with the CG, and I'm, I'm glad Frontier intervened. Um, basically, and hopefully they've learned the lessons um, either from bugs or threshold settings to um, so 
so they get a repeat. But I guess the question is, is, is are we getting weary of CGs being pretty much the only way of doing content delivery for this particular storyline? Well, yes, uh, and that is the, that is the big question. It does, <laughs> it does kind of feel like that, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I, mean, I I would love to know what else Frontier has in their arsenal to allow people to experience the storyline. Um, you know, what you're not wanting is to be the thirty, you know, the thousandth the thousandth person to kill the red dragon today. You know, you don't want that, but you do want to feel unique but special. I, I would argue that there isn't a single game out there that actually does that, regardless of um, whether it's single-player, multiplayer, or mm-hmm. massively multiplayer. Because unless you are genuinely the first person in the world to do something... Mm-hmm. There'll always be a YouTube video or something of it within 10 minutes if someone does it. Particularly if it's an achievement like a raid boss or something like that, because the first thing people say, if you say, oh, I've killed such and such raid boss, is they want to see screenshots or video to prove you did it. And as soon as you do that, the magic is Also, raiding girls and everything like that, they're always in the beta, testing it out, learning the mechanics getting the fight so that when it drops they just dive straight in there, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... I mean, this is the problem with Elite Dangerous because it is not a mission... It's, it's not like Wing Commander where you've got an objective at the end and, and there's a whole campaign that will run. And this has always been a, a sandbox which, you know means that they're, they're kind of restricted by the sandbox themselves. They've got to create group content which will move this forward. But, I mean, do, does anybody think people are scared of the Thargoids or getting involved with the Thargoid storyline? I don't know anyone who's scared. I know people who don't. I don't get involved with antagonizing the Thargoids because I, yeah. don't, I don't think that these Thargoids are... The enemy. Um, now, if they are the enemy, then fair be it, and you know that's fine. But I don't think they are. I think these Thargoids are using us to the enemy of my enemy as my friend, kind of thing. Um. Right. Now, the the issue that I do have with this one is the fact that, well, they've been attacking NPC. Um, convoys and stuff. We don't know that. All we know is that we have seen them leaving. Attacks. Actually, no. If you go to the prison ship and check the logs, they attacked and wiped out that prison ship. They were attacked by Thargoids. Do we know if it was our Thargoids? Oh, for goodness sake. Well, this this is one of the issues that, that I think is the problem. It's because we've got a lot of people holding back because we don't think that they're the good guy, that they're the bad guys. It does seem that people aren't engaging with it enough. But do you think that's the real reason why people aren't engaging? Because I'm not sure it is. No, what would you say your, your engagement problem is? I think the at the moment... The, the fact he's married, pers- probably. 
I think the perceive, <sighs> I think the perception in general is uh, a you need to be a super elite combat pilot to kill one, mm-hmm. and b uh, the rewards you get aren't worth the effort. True. And and I think that if if they if there was for example if you could level up to get elite with Aegis, I think we'd see wide scale thyroid slaughter, for example. But because you just get a couple of million credits and only one person gets a thyroid heart, people look at the repair costs, which can go into several millions, and thinking, well, it's costing me seven million, eight million to repair my ship, and I only get two million back. I might as well go and do whatever the flavor of the month money making thing is instead. Mm. I mean, and, and that, and, but then and that, that begs the question are you going for the pl- gameplay or are you going for the money? Well, you see, that's the thing, because I'm actually enjoying the gameplay. I, I must admit, I have enjoyed doing the doing the limpets uh, when they work. I've enjoyed actually rescuing the escape pods, because that's actually quite a laugh. Um, I haven't yet... I've got, I've got my Ferdinand's all kitted out to go xeno hunting, but I haven't done a one-on-one with a Thargo yet. But that's on, next on my list. It, they are easier to kill in solo than they are in a wing. Oh, is that being confirmed now? I've always had a harder time killing them in a wing than I have in a solo. Mm-hmm. But have you enjoyed it more in a wing? I've enjoyed watching my wingmate ships get blown up, yes. <laughs> oh, I forgot who I was talking to for a second there. Um, but in, in all seriousness, um, I think, yeah, there's a re- if you're a reward-centric player which I would suggest that a lot of the players you play elite are, then they don't match up to the effort. If you are a story law-focused player, which is, which is what I think a lot of people want to be and think, there isn't really any single event or character or anything that you want to rally around. We've just got this nebulous us and them that's so ambiguous. We don't know whether with the good guys or the bad guys. Now, that may be part of it. That may be part of the story. But you need characters to hang a story around. Otherwise, you just don't relate to them. I mean, Commander uh, Silamar in our chat room has, has put forward an interesting opinion. He says, what is frustrating for me is that there isn't enough, there isn't other CGs which allow you to interact with the Thargoids in different ways other than following Aegis. For example, like scanning their bases so they can understand their language. I mean, so what are my options? Are war or not getting involved? I and can I, relate to that quite heavily, actually, because that's, I should think Ben can as well, because um, yep. it does feel quite heavily that it's either shoot or leave them alone. Yeah, I mean, I even you think can, you can feed them crap, but that doesn't seem to do much, really. You can make them happy and make them angry. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think personally, I think the the tone, maybe the frontier was setting things too ambiguous, but maybe the tone was set wrong with the first cutscene where the Thargoids were shot on first by humanity. Yeah, this is the one where the guy forgot to keep firing. Well, he yeah. was doing an experiment at the time, so. but you know, I think I, I think he makes a good point about the only CGs are combat or annoying the thyroid related. Um, the question is, though, is how do you code in 
the depth of culture that would be needed to make that meaningful as opposed to just shooting stuff. It's very difficult to code that kind of interaction in a game without it becoming a huge amount of work to do that. Now, you could argue that Frontier have had months and months and months to do that. Which they have. I well, don't, we don't want to go all No Man's Sky on, on things, but I would love to do things to discover the Thargoid language. A bit like what Canon are doing with looking at all the different decals or whatever you want to call it that we see on the Thargoid ships and you know we're suspecting that's maybe relating to different tribes and stuff but could you imagine if you could actually scan a Thargoid ship using your Xeno scanner and it would be used to start building up a language and a form of communication with them which we could even go into scientific stuff so we could you know, do the whole like the, the way that they do the communication in contacts and so on, using maths and science and well, things it, like that to actually... If that's the case, then, then, you, then you're talking about going back to stuff like Captain Blood. What's Captain oh. Blood? <laughs> oh, oh, the most frustrating game ever. Exactly. It's, it's basically, you've got to decode a language while flying around a galaxy, and it is really... I wouldn't make it to that extreme, but I would say use the Xeno scanner. And the more you but build a database of yeah. information, yeah. So it's yeah, kind of have like what we're doing with the Elite Dangerous Galaxy. Yeah, every time you scan a new star, you got your name put on it. Every time you scan a new piece of Thargoid information, it gets added into a database, and it was found by Command Lead Levice or God forbid, PsychoCal. Well, we, we, we have been told that there's a huge telephone book-sized tome on the Thargoids at Frontier offices. Well, yes. We've even seen it, so yeah. Or at least we've seen a great big thick book that says this is, this is all about Thargoids and no, you can't touch it. Well, well we don't actually know if there's anything in it. It might have just been hot <laughs> That is out true. With it's Ed's secret biscuit stash, isn't it? <laughs> But yeah, we have, so, theoretically, there is this big, thick document, yes. Um, um, I, I guess the question I have in my mind is, is, are CGs, are we just fed up with CGs? Is this time for something else to happen where it doesn't rely on a CG to advance the story or introduce something? I, I think we're just weary of it. How I'm else would you do it? Yeah, I mean, that is the main problem. How else do you do it in a way that involves a lot of people? Yeah, because you can advance the story you know, a bit like what they were doing in the very early days of the Thargoid stuff with essentially a couple of people in canon seeing a couple of things and then a whole load of people behind the scenes figuring stuff out and eventually you know, using a whole load of out-of-game tools, then you progress the storyline forward a little bit. Well, if so we don't want to go down that line either. Well, if you remember um, when Ed first decoded the message, and I think it was Grant who brought it up a few weeks ago, um, there is a galactic broadcast message that allows you to broadcast distress signals on, in a wide area of players. So there's no reason why you couldn't introduce a mechanic to introduce an urgency system so-and-so is under attack or new Thargoid chip seen in whatever system, and that be broadcast to the players, which would then trigger 
an in-game event or um, a rush to help people in that system. And so they've kind got- of like I've seen in the story for Guild Wars 2, where you can go to an event on the map, and if a few pe- if a few players arrive, then a broadcast message is sent out to everybody in the local area that says, um, this event has been started, um, come to this place and join in. Something like that, yes. It, but it makes it dynamic. It makes it makes you involved with part of the story because you could be doing your trade route quite happy to and fro, and then all of a sudden this message SOS comes out, help us, so and so. You're our only hope, or whatever. And that is immediately sucks you in because first of all, you're curious as what's going on. Secondly, there there's a character and event that you can pin your interest around, and lastly, you never know where it's going to be. I mean, personally, and, yeah, go on. Sorry. No, no, sorry. Yeah, okay, what I was going to say is also um, it helps get around the uh, playing elite by Reddit or YouTube thing because you wouldn't necessarily have to go to YouTube or Reddit to see what was going to happen. It, you'd be encouraged to go there and do something. Well, I mean, we've gone over these lots. <laughs> We've gone over these live events before, and um, the big one, of course, was the was was Drew's event, and that didn't go down too well, to be honest. I think it was um, looking at that in the cold light of day. I, I think where that where it didn't go down quite as well as people expected was the he was trying something very brave, um, but was ultimately stymied by the game mechanics themselves so it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't anything anyone did it was just the fact the game wasn't built to do what he wanted to do with it well, I, could, I could argue a different point of view on that one but go on one could also say though that we're still talking about drew's event almost a year after the after it happened so you know we're not talking about any cgs or anything like that that happened a year ago are we no no but that, I mean, that was that was revolving though around a character that people knew and got followed and had invested emotionally in. That's why people remember it because it was around about a character. Can people even remember more than one character in the current storyline? I scratched my head and I couldn't. Apart from Admiral Tanner, who turns up every now and again on the CG and the uh, and the Aegis, no, that they, they don't highlight much uh, in the way of NPCs. I was just thinking, when it comes to the community goals, what, did we really expect them to be weekly? You know, there, there seem to be so many of them, which I think is what the issue is, is because you become, oh, I won't bother this week, they're not that important. The Drew's event was a huge, massive undertaking, one-off, that's fine. I think all big one-off things should be as involved and as and dynamic as that to allow people to be lined up and to be part of it in that kind of sense. Do you know? Do you know? It's just missing. It's it's the thing. Like uh, I know that we've got a comment in later on, which is pretty much going to be all. The, all these things are kind of related. With a CG, you play a part in advancing whatever story forward, but it does feel like a bucket filling without any bucket emptying. And there doesn't mm. seem to be uh, a CG that we fail. 
other than like the one this week and then you think thinking well is it being forced to fail and that's the problem it just has this conceived thing that it's working towards a totalizer but you're always putting in so nobody's taking out nobody can fight it nobody can stop it and nobody can send the storyline another direction uh, in spite of everything and there's nothing else happening in the universe. So you're either part of a community goal pushing forward or you happen to stumble across something on a planet and then the discovery of that kicks the game off. Where's the emergent gameplay? Where's the missions that are being stacked in the direction of one of these? You know, we've got the occasional things with um, Ramtar and the taking missions for... But from was, Palin, yeah. Yeah, from Palin as well. But that was more like a, a kind of community goal for that person. Where's the missions to go out and take photographs and surveys of planets that then become part of a story of terraforming? There's one thing that's not even related to the major storylines. That's just something that would be spectacular to find your planet, to sell your data, and then to watch the faction that you sell your data to send missions to take scrap out to a makeshift um, station out there that needs scrap metals, it needs all the raw resources to build a base on that planet, rather than it becoming a community goal. Why is the mission system? being underutilized it should be amazing you're a rank in the federal army you are sent out to deal with a federal battle as a mission and then they should start coming into your inbox in your ship because you are such a high ranking member you've got to bloody well go and do it otherwise your rank's at risk there should be alarms and SOS calls the universe should be dynamic you should be flying along and beep 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 beep, beep. distress call located nearby in your scanner you go and look into to it it unlocks a little bit of story just because you happen to be in the right system at the right time you should have been flying past this planet with jameson's ship and paint up a you know picked up a faint distress call it shouldn't have been found by chance it should have been someone flying through the system there's a distress call do i go and look at it or not because the problem you've got is one person does it and everyone else doesn't follow the same breadcrumbs so you miss out on the story you're actually being done out of the fun of working it out and that's one of these big issues that community goals there isn't anything to them apart from shipping stuff there isn't anything exciting have i ranted long enough i i think well i normally I, I would agree with you but community goals were used um in the emperor's dawn storyline and there they had competing uni- um, uh, community goals. Admittedly, it was which faction fills the bucket the quickest. But in that campaign of storylines, um, oh, what's the senator called? Because it was the senator versus... Atreus. Atreus, that's the guy. Yeah, it was him versus Emperor's Dawn. Uh, and everyone sided with Atreus instead of Emperor's Dawn. So there's a whole plot. Um, plot lines which were, were related with that or well, Michael Brooks was telling us that he'd had all this stuff um, worked out but because the, the community had decided to back Petraeus instead all that had gone that's right and there was also the um, Jacques Station because mm-hmm. that, was, that was found prematurely wasn't it and uh, I remember Michael Brooks saying at LaveCon one year that they've got a whole quest line find Jacques Station but it's the um, limitation of the game, isn't it? It's the limitation of the way that they've orchestrated things is because they have to create these exceptions, these community goals to, to drive storyline when they've got a beautiful, diverse mission structure in there that 
uh, you know, for example, I mean, we, we know after we talked about it before, I really wanted to see the way that the missions would actually pit you against NPCs or pit you against other commanders in competing missions. So, for example, if there's an election in a local system and you're getting missions to sort of uh, take out one of the candidates, that there is missions available in the other system or for the other faction who's the candidate belongs to that are bodyguard missions. That you know, you've got to transport this guy from this station to that station for this election, so that there's time scales, and it does come down to who's at the station at the right times. But that's fine, isn't it? You know, if there's no players taking those missions, then generate the NPCs. But that comes down to the limitations in the systems, because I really would that kind of living organic universe and missions to me are not even worth reading, and that's really bad, isn't it? I think it, the the other part is we don't know how difficult such a system you're describing is. I mean, one of my uh, things I saw when I went to Frontier uh, a while ago was just how complicated the mission system is. And even a simple sounding mission of deliver boom data to what had tens of decision trees in it. And that was pre-generated. So... I don't know how much effort it would actually be to do that. It would be, it would be great, but it may be something they're working on for um, beyond because they did say that uh, they're having this personal journal feature as well as the um, Beyond series being a lot more narrative-driven. So maybe what we're seeing now is the last throws of the old CG system. You you think that um, they think that you think that the CG system should stop as it is. I'm hoping it changes because otherwise participation rates in CGs would just plummet. I think over time because people just get bored of the same thing. I think it has been plummeting over time steadily. Anyway, well, certainly as far as the Thargoid one, which is what we were mainly focusing on. I think the, the bounty hunting and trade ones tend to be quite popular because they're quite good ways of making money. Um, but the Thargoid ones, I just yeah, don't... I have to start hitting up the CGs again sometime soon to see what sort of profits they're giving out. I really haven't been up to them in ages. Bad, really, but it needs doing at some point. But it is... As I said, I've been spending the last couple of weeks doing Upsilon Aquarius, so... If, yeah. you, if you look at community goals, they are just a glorified digital version of It's a Knockout where you have a bucket full of water <laughs> and you're running across uh, a ground, but then take all the players on the other teams out of the way, stick in the occasional bit of uh, static furniture, and you've got the occasional trip up, but not many. If we could get that to where people can empty that pot, that's an interactive community goal where people can work in either direction and it also dissuades what currently happens which is you just get a blockade of a system and everyone switches to private groups or solo um it's a, you know i think the strength in the elite dangerous game is the community it's the players it's the excitement of meeting up look at the shot on the screen in the twitch all these ships hanging around this wreck it's amazing the community is there we're really excited we talk about what we want to see we have no concept of how difficult or easy it is to do that it may well be down to the complexities of the system that mean that it just cannot be done unless you know they're 
willing to do a full rewrite of a whole structure and that just brings a whole other nightmare so often at this stage of development you know is there room for making these things or will they bring in another system so let's move the community goals out and bring in some kind of interactive goal and maybe link it in with different missions or you know for example if there was a community goal that was to do data i mean you know data missions so rather than selling commodities at a market it's completing missions for a faction and then those missions are dynamic so the more that they get up to they hit tier one and then the missions all change because that tier one's been met and it moves on to the next requirement for that community goal there you go community goals integrating with missions that that sounds fantastic isn't that though part of what the background simulation touches on on missions, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. But community goals often have an effect on background sim indirectly with the market boost and the number of things coming into the system and sales, sales and people buying from the markets and stuff. I mean, the community goal at Lave that we did killed our chances of ever getting Lave Station <laughs> within, a, within a matter of a week because people were just going in there and buying the rares. So it does have an effect in the background sim regardless. But I don't you think that a community goal like that that drives the missions from the faction that's related directly directly to the community goal um, so for example building a station a science research system and building it up uh, rather than shipping the materials and then it's just material and material and material and the more materials you you get there you go up the tiers what if you know the materials get you to tier one and then you have to go to that station and run the missions that are specific for that faction until it hits tier two and then those missions change again in the meanwhile you can then have rival missions to stop that trade and to do other missions to counteract it um that i think would feel a bit more of a challenge of, a, of an actual you know the uh, living world that is changing around itself I'm a bit optimistic about it. I think Frontier are well aware of the deficiencies of community goals. And my, it's my hope that in Beyond, particularly since they're having a focus on the Galnet audio, they've talked a lot about narrative at Frontier Expo, and they've also uh, mentioned about the Commander's Log. I'm kind of hoping that's all leading to something rather than just dressing up of CGs. Mm. I mean, come on, uh, was it, was this Vinge, Vingerton? Vingerton, yeah, the, the, one yes. of our founding truckers, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, I've got to make sure I've done the, pro the pronunciation right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he, he's put on the, in the chat room, what I would like to know is whether they're going to have reactions from, say, Laurie, Laurie Jameson, uh, you know, one of the, one of the engineers, because obviously that's, she's related to John Jameson. Is there going to be a reaction from that? Uh, I mean, uh, in response to your rant there, Cal, he, he said that they're already said that they're extended during the ability for you to have your own story in the game and the profession through the game at the expo. So it's... I, I think Shan's point, Sand, is that they're aware of these changes that that needs to be done, but I don't think we'll get any changes before Beyond comes out. No, I don't think so. And I think if we, if can you imagine what would happen if Type Ten was dependent on hitting a community goal? I'm sure the Type Ten will be dependent on hitting a community no. goal. 
well, um, if it's kill, a, kill basilisks, for example, to get a type 10, can you see that being well um, participated in if you had to kill a basilisk? Well, you see, I mean, this is the thing that um, that would that would rely on people who with the big power chips. Because, to be honest, one of the, I think it goes back to the point where there's a perception that only the best of the best can take on these Thargoids, and most most people are there thinking, oh, "I can't be bothered. I, I'll I'll just die anyway." I mean, I the, 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 because I don't have an engineered ship at the moment. Exactly. I can't be bothered with the engineers. So. The, the, the reality is, you don't need the superpower ship to be useful in the Thargoid fight. If you haven't got a superpowered ship and just say a normal Cobra Mark III, you can take on the swarm. You can be one of the, one of the guys killing in the swarm. Because the aggro will go to the bigger ship, the one that's actually damaging the Thargoid, not necessarily you all the time. So there is a role for smaller, more maneuverable ships with less experienced pilots. But the, I'm not, just not sure the impetus isn't there people to do that. Well, actually, there is one thing that I would touch on right at this moment in time. Um, in order to try and uh, create some kind of impotence to do this, Glottony Fang has done some analysis on how people can organize themselves uh, on a Xeno threat. And they've even put together a Discord channel to help people with their, um, uh, you know, with training and and dealing, you know, just dealing how to how to survive in uh, Thargoid encounters. So uh, we've we've got the Discord channel link in the uh, in the show notes, so people can basically uh, click on that link and 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 chat away. And, and hopefully that's the kind of engagement that uh, that we need. That's right. I, mean, we're, I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday, actually, about the Thargoid content. And their view was we needed a mini Thargoid that doesn't need a superpower ship to kill. Um, and that the Thargoid content as is just isn't at the level where most players feel they can participate in. They want something easier to take part and shoot or interact with rather than the, the Cyclops. I've been found by POM. Yeah, but this is the, the, this is the other thing. There are people have been crying out for harder, high-end content, and it seems that the people who have been crying out for it are not engaging with it. Well, this is what I was, I, I was mentioning to them as well. I said, well, I can see their point. I can see, you know, that they are, they are, you know, they, they have a real point. However, I would argue that the Thargoids are the raid bosses mm -hmm. of Elite. And in, an, in other MMOs like World of Warcraft and Guild Wars and just name MMO, there are raid bosses that you do not take on alone. You have to have a group to take them on and the Thargoids are that content and considering the breadth and depth of stuff to do in Elite they're actually a very small part of the content oh yeah I completely agree okay being a pain in the butt about that though isn't it about time f that Frontier fixed their raid boss content so that we can actually do it as a raid as a group play without the Thargoid bugging out because there's three of you in the in the instance. 
Well, I was actually speaking to um, Mark Allen about this when he was on some guy's stream. And uh, he said that there's actually a display bug that means that uh, the hearts can show a different percentage to different people. So the heart, the heart is actually showing, is actually being affected, but it's not reading the same for everyone. And that's something Frontier are aware of, aware of and are looking at fixing. The other thing he said, which is quite interesting, and it's something I've definitely observed, is that if you have lots of ships attacking the Thargoid, it will respond to every single hit that it takes. So therefore, if you have four people attacking it, it will be dodging four people's worth of bullets. If you have one person, you, you actually get a higher DPS because it's not dodging as much. Hang on, how does it dodge four people's worth of bullets without getting hit by three of them? Because it's clever. That sounds like magically clever to me. Basically, what it, what, what it says, if you've got four people on it, it will turn away, it will... It's to do with the way the Thargon swarm works, and they've kind of replicated that from what I could ascertain. No, I'm not talking about the Thargon, I'm talking about the Thargoid. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, well, you know how the Thargons react, they'll have the missiles come towards them and just kind of yeah. shoot away. Yeah. Um, the conversation I read implied the same sort of mechanic was happening with the Thargoid. Well, I could understand it wanting to dodge out the way. So if you're dodging missiles, if, it's, if you fire missiles at it, it's dodging missiles. I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, only, I'm only going on what, I, what, what Mark Allen was saying on the stream. So yeah, I'm sure it's correct, but I don't know what the extent of it. But the upshot of it was, was that if you are in a wing, there's a higher chance of actually doing less damage per second than what there is if you're doing, if you're um, solo. And that's I mean, this, this is actually what I've, something I've been half thinking about. In If I was doing a Thargoid encounter, I'd be very tempted to have one person concentrating on the Thargoid, Thargon Swarm, one person concentrating on the heart, and then one person concentrating on the actual hull of the ship, which I guess would probably alleviate that problem. Or what you do is you have all the ships shooting it from the same direction. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you alpha strike it, so you have yeah, a couple it. of ships on miss. Well, you have a couple of ships with missiles, a couple of ships with multi cannons. So the missile ships open up damage the hull, then the multi cannon ships take down the heart with multi cannons. Yeah. At the moment, at the moment, people tend to be building ships to do a little bit of everything. And if it was a raid boss encounter, you typically look towards a holy trinity style yep. of team composition to take down a boss. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely, yeah, I'd work with my teammates and say, okay, I'm going to be focusing on the hearts, therefore I will be getting the AX, is it, oh, what's the best thing for taking out hearts? Is it the, is it the missiles or? The multi-cannons. The, multi-cannon. so the AX multi-cannon. So I'll go and get the AX multi-cannon for that. And I would basically probably only put AX multi-cannons and probably point defense cannons on my ship. Um, I thought all you can have is four, isn't it? So couldn't have that many on on it. But yeah, you know what I mean. Mm. Well, the flat cannon still counts as a, as a separate weapon, so you can have a, yeah. that and the flat cannon. So it's definitely a learning curve for players to think about how they approach the encounter and how they spec the ships and work them together. Uh, and that's why I like the difficulty level as it is. Uh, like yourself, I'm not a hundred percent convinced there isn't an instancing issue there, but I can only go on what Frontier said in stream. So you know. 
Great figure, I guess. I mean, one of the things that we have seen um, on Reddit is lately has been one of the most popular topics, uh, and that is is a rant by uh, a commander which says that the the 2.4 update is an utter f star 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 g disappointment now i read over his original points i think we've we've basically covered similar similar ground here but did anyone go through the 700 or so comments that came out afterwards because that just went, I went, nope, not going to touch that. I'm just going to get mad and turn into a forum warrior. But I've not, no, I've not, I've not read all the comments. I skimmed them at about six o'clock this morning and thought, okay, I have no major, major issues with what he's saying here. Mm-hmm. But I didn't bother diving into the rest of the whining. Uh, and though I'm sure there's, ma- there's good points in the comments as well, I just haven't read them. It's very difficult when you get a very, <laughs> a very passionate um, post like that to separate the um, opinion from the well-thought-through conclusions. So, no, I didn't go through all 700 of them, but I could certainly relate to some of what the... Um, the poster said, and I think we have talked quite a lot about it here. I, I guess the question is, before we sort of put this topic to bed, is do we think it's too late to rescue the story in 2.4, or are we just kind of jumping to conclusions and Frontier are going to pull something out of the bag that will wow everyone? Well, to tell you the truth, I think they've done it in the past, in my opinion. They've done it in the past. I think that we have a lot more exciting stuff to come and we're still on the build up to that and I expect that kind of exciting stuff to come around about Christmas well, the other thing is that we, we have to accept is that you know here we are we've been whinging about the lack of content for the past half hour or so but we spent the, the first half hour 40 odd minutes talking about there's too much bloody content we've got Jameson's thing and we've got these inner bases and okay it's not gameplay beyond sightseeing content but it's still content i think my my personal my personal issue isn't that there isn't any content i think my personal opinion around that is it's the way it's being delivered is the is the issue for me personally it's not the content it's the way it's being delivered mm. it doesn't right. feel like it's coming out in a smooth enough flow right so it feels like it's a nice chunk of it has come out, and now it's that sort of waiting for the next lot. Yeah, it's kind of too bitty for you. Yeah. Uh, and and now I have tonight's topic, uh, tonight's show name. Yeah, Elite Dangerous Two Point Four with added sweet corn. Right. With added bits. Oh, that that's where the sweet corn's coming in. Okay, fair enough. Um, Okay, we will be back with the community updates just after some adverts. Attention. Attention. Second technician Chris Forrester to the emergency air locks on deck six. I repeat. Second technician Forrester to the emergency air locks on deck six. Technician Forrester, just the man, just the man. Now, we need you to get in the airlock. The what now? 
The airlock, Forrester. The airlock. The Remlock vendor is malfunctioning. I'm sure a quick clout with your trusty wrench will do the trick. <laughs> no time to dawdle. Come on. Employ the month awarded for you here. Just step this way and... Brilliant. Warning, depressurization. Depressurization. Warning, depressurization. Attention. Attention. Clear docking bay and launch rubbish pickup tug. I repeat, clear docking bay and launch rubbish pickup. Have you been missold PPI? Python Protection Insurance was missold if you didn't want it, ask for it, or need it. I was missold Python Protection Insurance and I got a claim worth 3,000 credits. At Cowell and McGrath, we are ready to pursue claims for pilots who were sold PPI, even though they didn't have an escape pod. When my partnership was destroyed, the insurance became invalid. I settled out of court for enough credits to restart my narcotics and weapons shipping business. Millions have been missold Python protection insurance they can never claim, simply because they don't have an escape pod. Why should you pay for not reading the small print? My husband was missold PPI. As a result of our claim, we now own Jupiter. Cowell and McGrath, turning your carelessness into profitable lawsuits. Okay, and welcome back. Um, one of the things that we'll just quickly touch on is, yes, we'll, we'll mention uh, Gluttony Fang's um, Xeno Combat Initiative. Um, the Discord link, which I'm trying to get up here. Um, I'll blast it. I'm afraid to say my Discord link's gone funny, so I can't pass that on, but we will leave that in the, in the show notes anyway. Uh, but some somebody fell for the ultimate prank and I do believe Mr. Mr. Grant you do have some kind of responsibility for this no I do not I have absolutely the, 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 the free anaconda comment has been going long 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 <laughs> long before we even went there um, which is why that article is the biggest pile of crap I've ever seen. That is by far the laziest journalism I have ever seen. Right, so if I tell you that a commander has spent six hours flying somewhere, you think, bloody hell, does that include P-stops? You don't think <laughs> it includes the time where he's gone offline and gone had a wee break, maybe slept and gone back into... No, that doesn't count. Anyway, six hours to uh, to, to um, Hutton Orbital. My arse. What was he doing? It backwards? Was he in reverse? <laughs> was he doing it in reals time? Anyway, um, yeah. Oh, I'm not going to say that certain people on this podcast have a tendency to maybe walk away and then overshoot by a couple of light years. <laughs> it takes me six hours to get to Hutton Orbital, and I'm trying. So you know. <laughs> no, it was. I am actually re. Yeah. Sorry, I, I am actually reading the article, and um, apparently, uh, <laughs> Hashtag his journey. <laughs> well, it apparently took him a total of six hours of on and off flying before he eventually. Well, the offline six. travel does take longer. That is true. I, I think it was like disconnects and breaks and stuff like that. So yeah, I. I well, we don't. Well, of course, what we don't know is how long it actually took him to get to. Hutton system. Maybe he was the other side of the bubble. 
it could take me. He's including that time. It could take me about four months to get to leave if I included all the offline travel. You know, it's <laughs> that's just stupid. Anyway, in the promise of a free uh, a free anaconda or a one hundred credit anaconda or a multicolored, I mean, obviously you do realise that once you have arrived at Hutton Orbital, there's no point going up to the normal station. That is just there to dissuade pilots. Because you can't land there in your big ships. If you come out of the station and you fly to the other side of Eden, you will find the proper shipyard. There is where you get your anacondas for 100 credits. Not at the main Hutton Orbital Station. It is a secret base on the other side of Eden. That's where you get your anaconda. So people in the know know that. So that's news stories, a big pile of nonsense. Don't listen to them. Someone has actually a little cartoon of the uh, of the infamous commander. Uh, yeah, the commander in question is a commander Speedy Bebop, which, to tell you the truth, is, is quite a cool name considering what Cowboy Bebop is. But um... <laughs> well, actually, he's Slowy Bebop, isn't he? Yes. <laughs> Backwards Bebop. <laughs> <laughs> Backwards Bebop. But yes, I, I can see Grant trying to persuade him to do the run again to find the secret <laughs> the secret shipyard. Shh. Um, but no, no. I mean, the, the thing is, you can always pick up some mugs and gin from the station. Take some missions out to Hutton Orbital if you take them for the Hutton Truckers, please. That way, you actually be helping us now for Centauri rather than the you know feudalistic people that have been running missions just for the money of it. You scoundrels, and have been you know causing grief because, of course, missions over that hour and a half uh, journey do have a, a, an increased payout for your troubles. So. It's definitely worth going to Alpha Centauri and heading off to Hutton Orbital with some missions if you get them. Of course, for and truckers. of course, listening to Hutton Orbital Radio while you're doing that and hearing the adverts on Russell on, on Hutton Orbital Radio about the Anaconda for 100 credits, that's just a bonus. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, is Commander Speedy Bebop going to be offered a honorary membership of the Hutton Truckers? And oh, Van I think you'll have to ask Alvin. Vantian is just reminding me that when somebody was claiming to have been able to do the run to Hutton Orbital in 40 minutes, which sounds very much like Antarius Fusion super speedy jump hop skip jump, which you go into super cruise and, um, and you aim towards the station and then you turn your thrusters off and that gives you an instant dropout at the station. Yeah, right. Anyway... These are nonsense <laughs> claims. 40 minutes. I've never seen it done in 40 minutes. I know some people have managed to get there quicker than the hour and a half, hour and 15 minutes that it regularly takes by not sort of targeting the station and therefore reaching full velocity for longer and then trying to maintain the uh, slowdown themselves. So there are ways to make it a little bit quicker, but you're still going to be in super cruise for an hour, so be warned. <laughs> No, the, well, the next the next item is a command. If we covered this one, Commander Joni has developed an app that automatically scans the surrounding systems based on the parameters set by you by high value, uh, and it's it's still in beta but looks interesting. Did did someone mention that one before early in the show? No, that hasn't been mentioned. This is it's something I've right. picked up on Reddit. Um, uh, apparently, what it will do is it scans the EDDB logs. Uh, and then gives you an estimated value of the system surrounding you. Um, so you know which system nearby is likely to yield the most money in exploration data. 
Um, I think it's still missing things like uh, terraformables and earthlikes. Uh, so it's still very much in beta, but as a concept, I think it's quite interesting, really. Have I just run out of fuel live on air? Oh, please. I haven't got fuel. I haven't got limpets on me. I haven't got any petrol on me. Limpet controller. <laughs> you, can fabricate, you can fabricate limpets. I probably can't. I might not have the materials. I'll have a look. Is Flossy, is Flossy around and Flossy the fuel rack can come and rescue you? <laughs> no, I can't synthesize any limpets. So it wouldn't be a it wouldn't be a proper stream if Grant didn't blow up at some point in time, would it? The whole reason this Grant's flying back is time it's blown up. <laughs> How did you die the first time, anyway, Grant? He hit the ground. A friendly commander, yeah, I went up and a, and a friendly commander um, was there. That I clipped his wing and then decided to fake roll to the planet's surface, at which point my shields were gone. Well, actually, clipping his little wing on his beluga took me down to 70% hull, and the rest was done on impact. <laughs> sorry. It was no, you! Sorry. It I was made a stream. you! You're... Yes, it was me! <laughs> Right. Well, um, I'd just like to say quickly uh, before before we carry on. Um, Top Shift ninety six uh, came out earlier this week, um, and I'm now approaching the the dreaded one hundred. And Frontier have been nice, uh, kind enough to give me um, three codes for um, Elite Dangerous. So basically, if you want a second account, or if you want to give the game a try, um, I'm going to be giving away a prizes on Top Shift. Uh, 100, which will include those game codes. I've got a couple of uh, spare um, official elite fiction PDFs to give away. And also, uh, as a highlight, I have a couple of 3D printed models, a small Cobra and small Sidewinders, which were used as prototypes for the miniatures game. So expect Top Shift 100 to come along probably after the after the uh, uh, the Frontier live stream, a couple of weeks after maybe, before Christmas. So uh, keep tuned for that. Now, do we have any questions? No, but we do have, um, well, I've not seen any particularly, but Alien has been running a straw poll about whether or not we should ditch community goals. And with an overwhelming 46%, uh, the listeners tonight who have joined us on Twitch have voted that cow is a potato. So that's a, a very useful, um, helpful straw poll there to gauge that uh, our community are a bunch of name-calling poo-poo heads. To be fair, Ben, if you didn't see it, Cal did bring up his webcam on the stream for a few moments with a Mr. Potato Head with printouts of his own eyes, nose and mouth on it. So, yes, we can say that he is a potato. Actually, um, Colin, do you mind if I just go off topic for a second? Go on, then. Uh, I actually saw some lovely things on Facebook um, either yesterday or today, which was basically Disney princesses as potatoes. And we are certainly taking Thomas the Tank Engine to Tangent Branch's <laughs> line today, aren't we? 
Well, in that case, we will quickly go to the the shout-outs. Now, we have an incoming mission-critical message. I mean, last year, the folks at Special Effect issued a special mission to commanders asking them to provide a shot of their Special Effect Sidewinder. That was a Sidewinder in the Special Effect colours that Frontier kindly gave away as part of last year's Christmas livestream. The winning shot was taken by the epic Peter Witherspoon, him of Orbital Truckers and uh, Galnet News, which will be coming up later. Um, it was used in the special effects social media related to Frontier and the Elite community, and on their banner stands. Uh, and on their banner stands. <laughs> this year, they'll be looking for the Elite image of 2018 special effect photographic job. So, locate one of your ships that you'd like to submit for the competition. The deadline is the 4th of December, and um, Interact with your email by attaching the image. Send the email to Special Effect by name, uh, emailing it to elite at specialeffect.org.uk. Please include your name, your commander's name, and your group if you are part of one of them, i.e. Orbital Truckers, Smiling Dog Crew. <coughs> uh, and you will receive a reward if you are chosen as the winner. So that's for... Uh, uh, for special effect. If you are the, the winner, they will announce it on the Frontier live stream uh, on the 11th of December and they'll contact you by email to let you know you've been successful and get the address to sent out to your prize. If you're not using the special effect paint job or decal, we will superimpose the decal on your ship as it's easier for them to do. Ah, that's, I mean, special effects. Are doing, you know, they, they do a fantastic job, and I think, I think, well, Frontier, back, is this, are they Frontier's favourite back charity? I believe so. Yes, I believe David Braben is one of the directors or one of the non-paid directors of um, Special Effect. I know it's their official charity. I think. Yeah, um, I, that I donate to Special Effect every time that uh, every time I buy from Humble Bundle. Special Effect is my chosen charity. Well, we you know uh, the hunting truckers we support um, two, and then there's other charities that various members do. But we always support special effects as one of ours, and hearing dogs for the deaf. Got to be careful and make sure I get that right because I keep making a mistake. But hearing dogs for the deaf as well. So special effects is oh, always not your hearing dogs for the blind again. No, the the, the special effects is a, a, a remarkable uh, charity, and uh, I'm honoured to have been made one of the ambassadors for them as well. So we've done an awful lot of fundraising over the last couple of years through everything. Uh, and again, I'm looking forward to Ed's stream because I'm looking forward to seeing if we can get that cash total to go really, 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 really high and I've been saving up all my pennies. Mm. Well, for people who are fans of um, Chris Jarvis's uh, Escape Velocity, uh, we've had some news about the remixes of Series 1 and Series 2. Uh, for those of you who are unaware, Series 1 and Series 2 didn't have the proper elite sound effects where uh, Series 3 has and he's put in and he's been remixing the original tapes to uh, to put them uh, into uh, Series 1 and Series 2 as well as tidying up some of the audio they will be coming out sometime in December so um, keep keep your eyes open for that uh, and in addition to that he's, he's let us know that the uh, 
Blade Revolution audiobooks are still in production and they're aiming for a release of the audiobooks at LaveCon 2018 next year between the 8th and the 10th of June. So um, be able to keep your ears pinned back for that one. We'll have more news when we, when we, uh, when we have it. Um, and finally, as usual, the usual shout out to the, C- the guys on the CQC Discord. Uh, for the dis- discerning commander who likes a bit of CQC action, uh, we have the uh, link to the, the CQC Discord in the show notes. So has anybody got f- any final business? Um, I was going to wonder if we could time how long it takes the fuel rats to get to uh, Grant. I was really scooping now, so, oh, that's a shame. He's all right now. I am yet, apart from my orca, that, you know, when they announced that there would be the ability to refuel ships, and I'd run out of fuel within three jumps of Shinrata after buying my very first orca, (laughs) I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to leave it there until we get the refilling um, drones. That's it, I'm just going to leave it there, it's fine. And then run out of fuel and blew up. Do we have an advert for the for the fuel rats? Yeah, we, we've we've always got uh, an advert for the fuel rats. Hold on a second, while I go, it'll be in that one. I'm just wondering how long it's going to take him to refuel at forty kilos per second. <laughs> it's taking. I've never a seen while. someone scoop so damn slow. While I scoop this, you can have a listen to this advert. public service announcement from the fuel rats. Please stop what you're doing and pay attention. If we can rescue you, we will, but you can help us help you by following these easy steps. 1. Fly 50 light seconds or so from the system's main star and drop out of supercruise. 2. Note down the current system and the nearest stellar body. 3. If you're on emergency life support, log out immediately. 4. Go to FuelRats.org and click Get Help. Five, stay calm, hold your breath, and let our seasoned professionals do what they do best. The Fuel Rats. We have fuel, you don't. Any questions? And there we have it. A a fantastic community that do this for absolutely nothing apart from the feeling of good, of, of well-being, for helping out a fellow commander. So and coming up fun. next, we oh yeah, and for fun. fun. So coming up next, we have uh, Commander Witherspoon's fantastic Galnet news. But that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com, Facebook slash Lave Radio, and at Lave Radio on Twitter. You can join the Discord. Channel by going to tinyurl.com slash laychat or join our TeamSpeak server where commanders come to hang out and chat at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Lave Radio is recorded on a Tuesday evening at half past eight and streamed out on laveradio.com slash live. So thank you to Commander Shan. Thank you to Commander Toxic, or Dr. Toxic rather. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Grant. And thanks to all those commanders that have joined us outside the Jameson's crashed Cobra. So until next time, fly safe. 
But if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Galnet News Digest, 28th of November 3303. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, Commander Jameson in hilarious genocidal mix-up. A tissue of lies. Xbox commanders left out in the black. Commander Jameson in hilarious genocidal mix-up. The Cobra Mark III, belonging to old-time space combat hero John Jameson, has been found. The wreck on HIP 12099, planet 1B, coordinates negative 54.4, negative 50.4, was found with a canister of Inra's famous mycoid virus recipe. And although no desiccated and mummified corpse of the commander was found, it seems likely he went down with his ship. Commander Jameson was recruited by Inra to deliver a deadly biological weapon to a Thargoid hive ship. Inra knew this would wipe out much of the Thargoid race. But in a silly mix-up, Havago hero Jameson appears to have got the wrong end of the stick, believing he was only disabling the Thargoid hyperdrives. It's a mistake anyone could make. In any case, no harm was done, except for the genocidal elimination of several hundred thousand Thargoids as a result of a slow and paralysing degeneration of the polymers that made up their bodies. Another thing that Inra forgot to mention 
was that they'd installed a shutdown mechanism in Commander Jameson's ship, meaning that the brave but dim-witted great-grandfather of engineer Lurie Jameson, the tough young explorer based in Shinrata Desra, was left to crash land inelegantly and probably fatally where the wreckage has been found, following his successful destruction of a large part of the Thargoid race. Freckle-faced Laurie Jameson is reported to be distraught, but the news that her great-grandfather's ship has been found at least allows the galactic press to publish gratuitous pictures of the glamorous engineer. And if that doesn't shift copies, nothing will. A Tissue of Lies Incompetent Aegis has once again scored an own goal with an appeal requiring technology that doesn't work. And it's been forced to terminate the campaign early. Admiral Aiden Rocketman Tanner's appeal for tissue samples from Thargoids to help develop more sophisticated weaponry to defeat them has been beset by defects in research limpet controllers that mean that the tissue samples are often lost or mysteriously disappear from the commander's hold. Frustrated commanders have been forced to self-destruct their own limpets to allow them to scoop Thargoid tissue samples by hand. With fewer than 300 commanders taking part and none of the goals of the appeal met, Aegis cut their losses and cancelled the programme three days early. Spokesperson Edward C. Lewis says that Aegis will pay commanders as if the first tier had been met, and will make the new anti-Thargoid weaponry available, even though the research programme to develop it was aborted early. Does this mean more buggy technology from Tanner's technicians? In related news, Commander Heisenberg 6626 has been attempting to communicate with the Thargoids, transmitting to them a line drawing of one of their flower ships. While it seems unlikely that the sketch will find a place hanging on the walls of Tharg the Mighty's Imperial Palace on the planet of Thargoidia, the gesture will surely be appreciated by Thargoids everywhere. It might not necessarily prevent a war, but at least Commander Heisenberg 6626 can say he's tried. Unlike Aegis. Xbox Commanders left out in the black. A limited-time sale of black paint has created confusion amongst commanders with the Xbox control system, as the paint has been unavailable to buy from any station. Commanders were left scratching their heads after the black paint, rumoured to be the blackest thing in the galaxy outside of black holes, appeared to be in stock until they tried to buy it, at which point it mysteriously vanished. The paint is now apparently available for all commanders once again, until the limited time sale ends on Tuesday the 28th of November. Should you choose to pour some of this midnight black paint all over your ship, be careful to remember where you put it, or you might never see it again. 
And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to.